Welcome to the Strongman Say podcast. Another episode with myself and Mr. Lee Shaw underscore underscore strengths in. Um, That's backwards. <laughs> yes, that's that so backwards. <laughs> I'm backwards. Under- under- oh, the way that I said it was backwards. Yeah. yeah. Strengths in underscore underscore off to a flying start. Yep. Welcome. Um, it's all right. You rarely like a post on my Instagram. I so liked one the other day, actually. I con- not consciously made the effort to double click one of your not posts. Not surprising you don't know what the handle is. <laughs> <laughs> I see them all the time. I think, oh, wow, that was really good. You can imagine you just going, that's impressive, scroll. Oh, that's cool, scroll. <laughs> Client, scroll. It's like your girlfriend. Motorbike. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like your girlfriend <laughs> being unsatisfied that you're not commenting on her posts when you see them taking it and saying that you're looking great. Like, I'm yep. in here saying, God, that was good. That was quick. Like, well done. And like, Comment it. Don't tell me. <laughs> Publicly I the, announce I want, it. I want the world to say, see that you said it was fast. Share it. Don't say it to me. Yeah. yeah share it. Yeah. You didn't share my post. Turn notifications yeah. on. So every time I post, yeah. you get a notification. Um, Except the, you've got, you've got like what? 40 of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Something you like, like that. it. Yeah. Do yeah. You do that. Today we're going to be talking about my Instagram usage and not liking clients posts. No, today we're going to start. A quick podcast. Yeah. <laughs> today we're going to start talking about uh, training philosophies. We have actually been talking a little bit about our first two topics today, um, a little bit in the gym. I think like, we've been talking about the second topic that we're going to talk about is like how to find the right coach. Both of us have sort of thought both for our clients and for ourselves to take our hands off the wheel a little bit and like look at outsourcing our own coaching. Um, and a lot of that came from the discussion that we we're talking about in terms of like we know what we do and we like what we do. We just want to build upon that or get additional ideas on top of that and see how yeah. other coaches do it as well. Um, so we're going to talk about that and then that also sort of broached into our training philosophies and sort of like what we believe in terms of the right way to train for strong men, not the right way, but our way, right? Yeah. There's no right way, but there's like the way that we approach things. Um, training philosophy. Go. You've got to train pretty hard. <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah. I reward like grit yeah. and grunt yeah. and to be able to go in and work. Um, so a lot of my training philosophy will come around that. Yeah. Like there'll be wraps. There'll be hard sets. Yeah. There'll be higher volume programs, mm. stuff like that. That's probably the biggest one. Like yeah. not trying to outsmart your way around getting stronger. Yeah. Because as smart as we want to be and not be meatheads, everyone's trying to look for that quick. If I do this exercise or if I do this, I'll put 50 kilos on my deadlift. Yeah. And it's like, it's just going to take time and there's, it's a lot of fucking work. There's no roundabout way yep. for time and effort. Mm. Right. Like there's smarter ways to do it yep but at the end of the day time and effort does create strength yep yeah i I definitely agree especially i mean we have obviously similar training philosophies like we work together and we've coached each other Mm. um we have very similar training philosophies probably differing or our programming style differs but probably the philosophy remains true for the most part. And, um, well, you're a powerlifter. Yeah. Came from, from way back then. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And I never really did powerlifting. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, mine also comes from, I've only had very few select coaches, but some of their ideas or like their rationale behind it, which I quite liked. Uh, but our sport, you know, you're talking about intensity, grit, AMRAPs or harder sets. Our sport lends itself to the fact that a part of our sport is actually being able to find that fifth gear 
and have intensity yep. and have grit. Like it's part and parcel. It's inbuilt into the sport and the events, like how we approach events or when we're competing in strongman, you don't get to go and focus on a tempo or whatever. And we might do that in training. But when it comes to the competition floor, there's events where you hold a fucking sandbag and run for as long as you can. Yep. There's events where you grab a, the load is set and you have to unwrap it as many times as you can. And that extra rep might mean the difference between taking out a point or not taking out a point. So yep. we have to be able to train with grit and intensity because when it comes to competition, it requires grit and intensity. Yeah, and the skill to still perform that. Yes. At a high intensity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And being, not fall apart. Being able to not fall apart and still perform the skill to an adequate uh, ability with that skill like with that intensity and that grit yeah. because otherwise well if it goes to shit you're not gonna be able to do it yeah yeah so you've got to go there in training yeah or at least try yeah and periodization and stuff like that do you have a particular uh take on how you periodize things do you think periodization lends itself to strong man as much yeah as much as like strong man's a year-long mm. thing we can't take six months off, build all the way back up and things like that. Often so we I, don't anyway. Yeah, so I think years ago, coaching-wise, I would want to get people back to a volume that was high enough but mm. a weight that was light enough to where they could really execute well. Yeah. And as I've gone on, I don't drop it back anywhere near as far as what I used yeah. to. Yeah. I used to strip it back to a much lighter percentage, Yeah. really try to nail it and then sort of build things back yeah. up. Um, and then people would still get to a weight and start to fall apart again. Yeah. So I kind of hang where that weight is, bring it back a little bit, change some movements and things like that, rather than strip deadlifts back to 65%. Yeah. And slow them down. Using variations to make yeah. the effort hard kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. then depending on the person, if they move quick and that's how they move weight, mm. then, yeah, they do need to do some slower work, but not pulling it away from them. Yeah. Not ripping away their strength too much yeah. to build their weakness. Like, yeah. you know... You want to build your weaknesses, but you don't want your strengths to disappear yeah, because that, sure. that's your strength. Yeah, 100%. You need that. Yeah, make your strengths stronger and your weaknesses stronger yeah. again. Yeah, I totally agree. I think with like periodization or in terms of – if we just take a broad stroke in terms of like getting into like specifics with periodization, it's so variable and dependent on the athlete. Yeah. Like how we periodize stuff, what methods we use – and I know that we both feel the same with this. What we do or how we approach the puzzle that is getting someone stronger is totally dependent on the individual and what's needed. Yep. Are they jumping from comp to comp? If they're jumping from comp to comp, it makes periodization or like block periodization or like planning mesocycles and microcycles a lot harder because you're step stoning from competitions, trying to maintain the underpinning of like uh, strength, uh, cross-sectional area and stuff for health like you're yep. trying to manage a bunch of these other factors and modalities underneath or trying to make sure they don't regress to a point where that we're no longer supporting that top end right yeah that's the hard part about our sport is like a lot of times people step stone but you have slow athletes who need to move faster so maybe they do some more athletic development or like potentiation blocks and stuff like that where you're starting to develop their speed their footwork or just try to do some more power stuff but then you'll have clients who move 
Not as well. <laughs> <laughs> like trash. Move like trash. And uh, then we do need to slow things down. We need to do tempo yeah. stuff. We need to create coordination and balance and stability or like a whatever joint that might be or like as a whole, right? Yeah. And that means that we have to slow things down. Or maybe you've got clients who are quite athletic but don't have the static strength and they do more hypertrophy stuff and create more muscle. Or do you know what I mean? Like it's such a strength is a puzzle that there's no one right answer for and there's no one right answer for any individual person or group. Yeah. You have to look at the puzzle that's in front of you with the person, what their competitions coming up are, what their goals long-term are, and try to strike a balance where you're getting them stronger and also getting them prepared for competitions, but also working on the holes that they have, whether it's they're slow, whether it's, they lack coordination and stability, whether it's they lock, lack underpinning muscular development to fill out their weight class. There's so many variables at the bottom end, whether it's mobility, you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's like they can't move efficiently because they can't get into the right positions. Yeah, I've got a few people like that and they tend to be like the strongest. Yes. Some yeah. really strong people just do not bend and move and get into the position that they need. Yeah, 100%. So it's like they don't necessarily need to get stronger. Yes, they just, if they move slightly better. Yep then they'll be great. Yeah. Right? So I think it's with the periodization stuff in strong, man, it really comes down to the individual, what their long-term goals are. You know, like we've been, we've been talking, I'm like, I've been talking specifically about like myself in terms of, I feel like it's been a long time between drinks where I've put aside six months and like really gotten to work or like put some really solid foundation work in again. Yeah. Right? So the top end's kind of there. I can kind of jump into any other comp because I've got years and years of it. But, to approach the next level or like to reach the next level, there needs to be an element of work. Right? Yeah. So that's like me taking an off season or like a period of time and probably more planning out a longer period of training to be able to get there. And you'll have clients that will be able to do that or they'll need to do that. So we'll do that. But then yeah. there's clients who have four competitions coming up that they need to qualify for things and then they've got their peak competition. So then it's managing these competitions running into each other and concurrently trying to work uh, the other elements that we need to make sure that they're still doing to make sure that they're a well-rounded athlete. Yeah, and then you throw in mentality and personality. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you work around that? Yeah, so in terms of training philosophy and like uh, yeah. mentality or like personality typing, also another really big key thing, right? Mm. Even like body awareness. Some people set after set, rep after rep will auto adjust, know what they're doing wrong, yep. tend to fix their stuff. Yeah. So you can kind of push them a little bit harder because they'll also do the work in that session and then you overview it afterwards. Yeah. And then we can correct it as well. But a lot of the time someone will be like, yeah, I knew what I did wrong. Yes. Yeah, you get their feedback and that's... So you can sort of... <laughs> you can keep progressing. You can yeah. keep like pushing really yeah. hard because they're adjusting along the way. Yes. And other times someone's like, yeah, I did really great today and send the videos and yep. you're like... Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing the same weight this week? Yeah, yeah. And that, they're like, why? That awareness kind of yeah. thing of like how things went, how things felt and how things looked. Yeah. Um, and having the same ideas around what effort is, what technical execution looks yeah. like and maybe how that should feel too, like having the kinesthetic awareness yeah. to understand how things are moving and how they're yeah. feeling and get real-time feedback. And that's often where the best results come is when someone actually gets or starts to develop that kinesthetic real-time feedback yep. where they go, oh, I shifted forward on that. 
oh, that swung away a little bit. Okay, yeah. cool. And like I fixed that on my next rep instead of like the next set after reviewing the videos or the next week after hearing the coach feedback. Yeah. And as most things, some people are just born with that. Mm. And some people really are not born with that. Yeah, I think it's like maybe. And you can learn it and you can get better at it, obviously. Yes. But everyone's just, everyone progresses at a different speed as well. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> you could have started three years ago and someone could have started mm. six months ago and they can just go. Could have started 18 you. years ago with what sports you did as a kid. Yeah. How coordinated were you? How yeah. did you move your body? What sports did you do as a kid? What yeah. developmental side of things did you have as a kid to be able to move your body in space and understand what it's doing? Yeah, uh, talking to like Riker in the gym yep. on Saturday. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize you used to skate. Yeah. That's what I did flat out. Yeah. He's like, oh, I reckon it helps this sport a lot. Yeah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like my balance is yeah, great. Sure. I know where I am. Yeah. I'm not scared of anything because I spent so long throwing myself downstairs. Yeah. That said like, this before, yeah. 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 So there's a few advantages, but then one leg was way stronger than the other. Yeah. My body would always be like twisted. Yeah, so my shoulders would always be dropped. Yeah. Because I was used to a posture that suited that sport. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Depending on your background. Yeah. So, I mean, all things factored into training philosophy or like what our training philosophy is. If you're going to surmise it, everything and anything always depending. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. There's a, there's a sexy uh, answer for the social media world, which is my way is the right way, buy my program and we will get you stronger. We will get you better. This is the way to do things. This is the way that you should log press. This is the yep. way that you should do stones and my way is the superior way. But with our philosophy, I think it's, well, what are you doing? How do you move? What's your personality type? Yeah. What's the plans? What are your goals? What needs work on working on? What do you want to be doing as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, what yep. do you like doing, and what do we need to be doing? And can we sneak in your broccoli and Brussels sprouts in with your meat and potato? Yeah, uh, I think session enjoyment's a big, big one. Massive to adherence. Yeah, and then like personality typing. Like, I love an AMRAP. Yep. You like an AMRAP. Yeah, because we like the hard work side of things, right? I have clients who. Pretty much always will sandbag an AMRAP mm. because that's like their effort. But they love a like linear five by five. They'll get sets and sets and accumulate a huge amount of volume and yeah. they enjoy that. And it's still hard. Like you give them hard volume and they'll keep ticking those boxes. But like if I do a five by five, I'm bored three sets in. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do another five. Like I don't want to do five by five. For me, it's either the first three sets are hard, uh, easy. Yeah, and then it gradually gets harder. Yeah, or if that first set's hard, I'm so probably not making yeah, it. To I'm the not, end. <laughs> I'm not gritting out. But yeah. it's a personality type thing, right? Yeah. Like that's a that's a what do you enjoy from a training point of view as well? I think well. a lot of my philosophies would be like, do not the minimum dose needed for your main work. Yeah, but like walk away feeling pretty okay. Yeah, and drive everything else through accessories. Mm. Yeah, and then closer to comp, obviously that flips the accessories. Yeah, lesson, for sure. But like mobility issues, you yeah. can drive that through accessories. Yeah, you can do rotational stuff for your yeah. back. You can drive mobility Exercise without prescription stretching. Can do the work of mobility stuff a yeah. lot of the time. It's rare I tell somebody to like stretch to open up something. Yeah. Like warm up, do all of that, but yeah. let's use accessories to either get you bigger, yeah, get you stronger at a muscle that's not stronger, get you yeah. more coordination, more stability. Yeah, anyone that's got like. 
weak lower back and hips and stuff. It's like, well, we're going to do bent over rows and T-bar rows and I'm going to put you in that hinged position where you tend to just fold in half on yeah. a deadlift sure. until you can hold it yeah. for a long period of time and not fold. Yeah, and you're used to being in that position. Yeah. And isometrically working as the load and we're not doing the same load that we're on a deadlift, but you're yeah. in that position all the time. And we're growing a big back yeah. and we're getting a pump and, and it's fun. We're all winning and it's fun and I'm enjoying it. And I don't yeah. realise that I'm doing the stuff that's going to get me better. Yeah. That's, That's giving boring. people curls. And yeah, like, why yeah. am I doing curls? I'm like, it's good for a lot of other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we uh, like often prescribe like incline dumbbell curl, right? Yeah. It's like, yes, for your biceps, but like actually for your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, bit of 100%. Like yeah. actually quite a lot of other benefits. Um, one thing that we'd also, I think it's important to talk about in terms of like training philosophy, beginner to advanced be the use of like undulation for like heavy work versus, you know, when you're a beginner, intermediate, you can probably follow a lot more of a linear pattern in terms of like your programming and stuff, whether the yep. heavier you get, well, there's two things. The stronger you get, the less volume you're going to be able to tolerate at the top end with intensity, right? Yep. A, a top end athlete is not going to be able to do 80% or 85% for three to five by five. Yeah. Right. But a beginning intermediate will. Yeah. Right. Like you'd definitely be able to do that and it probably should be pretty comfortable most of the time. It won't feel hard, but you'll recover pretty well. Yeah. But like if I'm like, okay, cool, I've got a three or 50 deadlift and I'm going to do 80% of that for five by five, I'm probably not going to get through that. Yeah. So your ability to tolerate those intensities for those amount, same amount of volume changes, but and in general volume is probably going to change. But also the top end, like a lot of the times we'll find that, that my, especially my heavyweights or in general stronger athletes, we won't deadlift and do a heavy squat every week in a linear yep. fashion all the way up. Or often I'll uh, undulate or swing my heavy deadlifts with like the heavy stonework or the heavy moving event if there's a yoke or something like that. Yep. Like we're not going to do or often we won't do the same or like the heavy work every single week or weeks for eight weeks or ten weeks. Yeah. So for me a lot of the time if the squat – isn't a priority and there's a deadlift coming up in mm. comp the squat is more on maintenance accessory squat yeah yeah like a front squat it's or a still heavy squat. it still works yep. its way up but it's yep. at a weight that is very tolerable yeah very the, easy the percentage is much more recoverable yeah and more event stuff might go yep. in towards that day yeah. because the squats aren't taxing and then the deadlift day is horrible because you yep. have a big deadlift coming and up. even if like i'm like oh cool the sandbag event is tough but it's not super hard i don't need you to do eight weeks of that sandbag run yeah right? we might do four efforts of that sandbag run and alternate the arm over arm pull for example yeah you know what i mean like if i was doing like asi for example and i was like cool the stone run goes up to 180 i probably wouldn't bang stone runs for eight weeks yeah with an arm over arm pull and drag but i probably wouldn't do an arm over arm pull and drag every week either yeah i'd probably do stone run one week arm over arm drag the next week potentially as well depending yeah. on the level of athlete too well, see, I've got a handful of people that just did VIX mm. that are now doing ASI. Yeah, they don't they, need to do arm over arm. They just spent, <laughs> yeah. so we're doing some backward sled drags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. And get quick at those. For the first four weeks and then put it all together for the last four weeks. Yeah, right? you've nailed arm over yeah. arm for the past eight mm -hmm. weeks. Let's not keep doing that yeah. for six months of the year. I mean, a good probably way to look at this, maybe easier for like a little Australian listeners to understand is like ASI is coming up, right? And I've mm. got people who are, four to eight weeks deep on the ASI prep already, maybe because they weren't, like their load's challenging still. Yep. They've done six to eight weeks of strength, right? This week or like the week coming, 
a lot of those guys and girls are hitting the block for a double yep. independent of the medley, right? They're hitting a top mid-stance sumo high hip deadlift. <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, whatever we're going to call that. Butchered sumo. Um, they're belt, hitting... Belt squat, farm, yeah, single yeah, farmer's yeah, kick. Yeah, so, yeah, like they're doing like a heavy like 40 meter or 30 meter kind of like frame carry or something like that. And they're doing yep. the top stone for a single. And then maybe yep. a couple like clusters with the low ones. Do you know what I mean? Like this, mm. this is the peak week for like str the strength build. Yep. So we've maybe if they've come from another competition, they'll have a restorative block and then they've had like a strength build block. And now we're working into kind of like that peak phase block where we've done all the events. We're, we know we're strong enough for all those pieces individually. We've done the big, building blocks for the competition now we actually step back and start focusing on flow of exercise transitions yeah. and then it starts sneaking up on the intensity side of stuff so the first week is not like a deload but it really steps back because like okay well now you have to speed up your transitions at a lighter weight yeah. now you know how to do all these reps all these loads let's put them together and piece them together and focus on how you're cleaning into the press how you're moving into the block press are you moving how do you, between How stones? do you answer that question every time someone's like, how come I'm not doing the event at eight weeks out or 10 weeks out? Like, why am I not training the exact event? Yeah. Um, the way that I answer it is you don't need to do the event for 10 weeks. If I gave you the event for 10 weeks, you'd be bored by six weeks. And then by the time the comp comes, you won't want to do the comp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I am a strong man too. And I know you. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're doing this sport, I am cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And I know that if I gave you an event for 10 weeks, you are going to be bored of it by the eighth week and by the top comp time, the comp time <laughs> comes, fuck. <laughs> you uh, are done, right? Yeah. But I also, I mean, it's always important to like create client buy-in. I always also really try to explain the rationale during those like program rundowns, being like, this is, these are the building blocks. This is us putting it together. And you don't need longer than four to six weeks for most people to put it together yep. because you've done all the work. Now you just need to string it together. The hard work's done. Now we just need to make sure it comes together in a way that we're putting the best package together to express the strength and the events on the day. Yeah, I think that's a highly stressful like topic and thought is like the frame carry around in a circle. Mm. Should I be walking around in a circle <laughs> with a frame? Because that's what the comp is. So if that's you, I'm sorry I laugh. But like you do, no, you do not need to go around in a circle. Yeah. Um, do I need to do that and yeah. like lean in and like drift my way around yeah. in a circle? No, don't. Just focus on your group strength. Message Mason and go, how wide is my circle? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to dot it out on the pavement outside yeah. my house. So, hey, I've got a court. I live in a court and I just want to mark it out in the end of the court. Yeah. <laughs> and do laps. Because yeah. that's what a lot of people are like. They're like, but the event's this. Yeah. And we're training yeah. it differently. Yeah. And say like the frame carry, for example, it comes down to quick and consistent footwork and who can hold on to it yes. the longest. So well, as long as you're training those elements. Yeah. I think people forget that like with Strongman, it's very easy to forget that back in the day when we started Strongman, we didn't have a lot of the implements yeah. to actually train on the comps coming up. We're very spoiled here, obviously, because... I'm a strong man. 
and <laughs> it's my gym. Yeah. So we have everything under the sun to be able to, like we have power stairs. Like mm. most people I coach are putting it to a tire and I was putting it to a tire back in the day, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Toowoomba was like that. We had a Conan's wheel in comp. Yeah. And we just trained on the yoke. Yeah, we don't have a Conan's wheel. We just did up and back. And on everyone the, in Queensland trained on the Conan's yeah. wheel that was at the comp. Yes. And there's some differences, sure, but if it's not available mm. to you, I think we get bogged down to being like too specific with strongman. And sure, if you can, it's great. But like at the end of the day, if you're training the components to be as strong as you can, there's an element of YOLO to our sport too. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, because it's not always going to be the same. The sandbags might be different and like a whole bunch of stuff. Well, you've seen what happens with powerlifters when they don't have the right bar. Yeah. Or they don't have the right squat rack or they don't have the right plates. Yeah. Things feel so different because they're so used to the exact thing yeah. that things start to fall apart. So some like adaptability, yes, goes a long way. Is a big skill. Yeah, for sure. Like oh, I didn't really train on that. I trained on this, yeah. and then figuring it out while warming up for the comp. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a skill. Yes, one hundred percent. That's part of being a strong man. Not getting so scared that you shit the bed. Yes, because the that's handles are a different, different. size. Yeah, yeah, or the handles are different with the log at home. Or you're outside and you're looking up and there's clouds. Hey. I've heard that like 10 times. Yeah. The clouds put me off because yeah. I clean a log. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Like everything's moving and there's yeah. nothing to focus on. Yeah. So. Yes, it's part of part of the sport. And also that like that's the beauty of competition. That's why we talk about competition being greater than training or like records and stuff like that in your home gym mm. is there are different variables that everyone at that competition is dealing with in the same way. And it's who is the strongest and most adaptable athlete on the day who can overcome yeah. everything else that's different. Do you remember the 2016 Arnold's, the one that had all the weight classes? It's like 20 or years 15? ago, man. I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, 2016? Yeah, I think so. What did it have? It had all the other weight classes, not just like the heavies and the 105. So not the very oh, first one. The first one that you, all you guys came along. Yeah. Yeah. Crashed our party. Got better. <laughs> yeah. The 105s yeah, weren't that yeah, good. Yeah, no, no. It needed 90s. Um, yeah, we all first walked in and everyone looked at those stones because no one had touched a stone that Mason had made. Yeah. And everyone looked at brand new stand or submit stones mm. and just freaked out. Yeah. They're like, they're so smooth. Yeah. They're going to slip. Yeah. Like, they're like polished. That's not going to work. Yeah. Everyone today is like, oh, it's not a stand or submit stone. It's rough. It cuts my arms. Yeah, yeah. It's crap. Yeah, and then like, like you put tacky on those standard submit zones and they're glue. Yeah, we like, did the reps at the end. Yeah, It was like just over the bar for yeah. reps and it just stuck. Yeah. Even the tower yoke. Yeah. Because everyone was used to just one bar on the yeah. side. Yeah. I'm in the tower yoke. Definitely trying to figure out where your hands go and yeah. stuff like that. Now everyone's used to a tower yoke. Yeah. Yeah. So all those things that everyone now takes for granted. Mm. Back then everyone was like, I've never touched anything like this. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. You had to figure sure. it out on the go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so training philosophies to surmise a bit of everything, mm. right? Like, it, like we talked about, like how we periodize things, how we select exercises, how we look at the puzzle of the athlete comes down to, uh, and this is how it should be. There's not a right way or a wrong way for any coach. I don't feel like the way that anyone should be approaching any client is a puzzle each onto themselves with their own competitions coming up. And there's a lot that holds true in the systems that work for everybody at the yeah. same time. Like we are, while we're all individual, there are number systems that you roll out with clients that you may roll out with 
other clients in terms of like the main work because the way to get to a competition if you're all doing a similar competition is probably the same yeah. right like if like we determine this is the best way for you to get to the competition then if you're all kind of strong enough to the events then that's probably the way that it's going to go yeah but accessories all the other work that underpins that and how we approach that and how we transition from the next block to the other block is it's an individual puzzle yeah there's a lot of overlap with people as much as yeah. everyone wants to be a very individual snowflake yes. yeah they're not yeah you're certain, still certain, you're a human trying to get stronger certain things still work definitely things that hold true that works for everyone yeah 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 i always went with like the phrase of everyone's not an individual snowflake you're more like a grain of sand yeah <laughs> might be a little bit different but there's kind of like a whole beach of you yeah and it's all yeah. kind of the same thing <laughs> <laughs> like it's a little bit different you're not a special snowflake you're just like a piece of sand yeah <laughs> i feel so much better about myself <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't meant to do that no no <laughs> so. uh, <laughs> but that can help in a way one. yeah oh, okay yeah but that can help in a way where you think that you're just different you're like oh that doesn't yeah, work that doesn't work. work for me well it, it does do- doesn't work for me yeah. and then you go well probably application it, yeah if you believe it does or doesn't yeah. it kind of holds true and buy-in that makes such a big difference too if you don't think it's going to work no matter how good it is it's probably not going to work <laughs> <laughs> um so bridging from that in terms of like our training philosophies and stuff, how to choose a coach? Like if you're looking for a coach and we've been doing the same thing, mm. what, what are the key things that you think that your clients have come to you for? And what do you think that you're, you would be looking for in a coach? I think the first thing is like a similarity. Mm-hmm. Like seeing yourself in somebody else yep. or wanting to be able to do what that person can do. Yeah. Or their approach. Yeah. Um, there has to be some similarity. Yep. It's like finding a friend. That draws you to, to them yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then them having some ideas, at least for me, them having some ideas that might not quite be in line with what I want. Yep. For the most part it is. Yeah. But they kind of have a different approach. Yeah. So it'll make me question how they do that, why they do that and everything like that. Yep. Like I follow a handful of pages on Instagram that – stuff that I just generally don't agree with. Yeah. And like general training, not strong man. Yeah. Um, There's like trainers, physios, all sort of groups of people. And I don't agree with their philosophy at all. But I still follow them because every now and then I'm like, I'm actually almost kind of convinced that that might be okay. I was just waiting for you to say, because I love trolling them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I try not to do that anymore. Because I need content for rants. (laughs) I try not to do that anymore. Oh, some of the stuff triggers me and I'm like, that's bullshit. (laughs) But I keep it there because I don't want like confirmation bias. Yeah. Everywhere I look. I don't want to just go, this is all that I like and this is all I agree with. Yeah. And then my whole feed and everything around me is just telling me that I'm right. Mm -hmm. So I think... I still want to find somebody that is along the same path as me yeah, or where I want to be, but might have some different ideas or some yep. different approaches that will open me up to thinking of yep. it in a different way. Hmm. I think that's a good They're the big ones. The similarity yeah. thing's huge. Yeah. Like you can look at I've never thought about like stuff. that. Yeah. I've never thought of it like that actually. That's a really good point. Like you are the, I, I think I think about that with like personal training, but I kind of forget about that with like online coaching yep. that like with personal coaching obviously because i still pt quite a lot i always think about it as you're spending an hour a week or two hours or three hours a week with that person yeah you have to like them like you have to want to hang out with them for three (laughs) hours 
let alone be coached by them. Because if you don't yeah. want to hang out with them for three hours a week, then like you're probably not going to want to be coached by them for an hour every week, you know. Uh, so I think I always think about it with personal coaching, but I forget about it with online coaching. Like you still have to like like them. You still have to like get yeah. along with them or see similarities or finding a friend, right? You're finding yeah. a friend and a coach. You have to respect them, I guess, as a person and what they yeah. do as well. Yeah. Because if you don't generally respect them, yeah, you're a, probably not going to listen. Co- a combination, yeah. A def- you're you're going to get told what to do or a lot. Or respect their ideas, yeah, yeah, for sure. Otherwise, like, the person doesn't really adhere anyway, right? They do it yeah. like, their way instead of what your way, and which means they're not really coachable. Which you hear that a lot, where they're mm. like, oh, so-and-so wanted me to do this, but I'm just going to do this instead. Yes. Yeah. You're paying them yes. to tell you what to do. Surely. Just don't pay them and then go do what you want to yeah. do anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And, I mean, a lot of the times, like, our online coaching stuff, you know, online coaching like clients they end up being friends or people that you know much more about their lives than just like their training do you know what i mean like they message you about other stuff or there's other stuff going on because part of coaching is managing lifestyle too do you know what i mean or at least knowing what's going on from a life side of things so you can manage those as well but also make sure you're looking after your athletes yeah because that's a huge part of it is like to get the best performance out of someone they need to be functioning do you know what i mean they need to be like on top of everything else in their lives as well and if there's if that's not happening then it's we kind of get the insight and the inside scoop about what's happening so we can help guide that as well yeah. a lot of the time too which means you've got a coach that actually cares yeah i mean that, i mean that's probably the number one thing right before similarity <laughs> give like, a fuck yeah <laughs> find a coach find someone that actually yeah. gives a fuck yeah i think um i think mine particularly when I was looking for someone uh, was availability or contactability. Yep. Um, I'm generally like a very low maintenance client. I have been in the past, you know, like I didn't, I always give my client shit, like don't send me messages. I'm like, you got to send me videos. You got to send me feedback. And I'm like, and then you yeah, I'm nothing. like, I did the work. Yeah, it didn't send it. Like, I never sent anything. <laughs> it felt good. Yeah, it felt good. Ticked it all off. Great. Like, don't worry about it. All good. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I'm different. You can trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was me, 100%. But I think that, um, like, it's important to have that, like, contactability or just, like, knowing that someone is available if you need them to yep. be. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that was one. Because, like, the one thing... And it wouldn't have to be like, I don't need 24 hours, but like, I just want to know that like, when you say your check-in is going to be in, we have a check-in like once a week. Yep. If it's monthly, it's monthly. That's fine. But I want to know what the expectation is around the contactability thing. I don't need 24-7 contact- contactability, mm. but I definitely find that some coaches, especially if they're busy or they've got other stuff going on, it's like it's sporadic check-ins or something like that or sporadic yep. contact where I want to know like, I don't care if you don't talk to me for the rest of the week. But are you available when we actually have to catch up and talk yeah. about how training? Yeah, that'd drive me insane. Yeah. Someone's like, yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. Like no dedicated check-in day or no yep. dedicated thing. Or like it's like, oh, yeah, we check in like Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Or it's like, what what day? Like yeah. what day are we doing this? Because um, I want to factor it in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll make sure it's all ready. I want to make sure it's all done. So that that thing, like the, the set in stone or some like routine around like contactability um, and availability. Um, Is that it? You just need someone to reply. I just want someone to be there. <laughs> you just want someone to reply sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do they have to do anything else? Lift? Nah, they don't have to lift. Uh. No. Um, I actually sh- shooting for like non-athlete. Do they I've, need to have a motorbike? Yeah, motorbike. Um, <laughs> do they need a motorbike and tattoos? 
somewhere close enough that they can pat my head when I have a bad session. Uh, <laughs> Pay for that. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the price for that? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, training training philosophy and stuff like that as well. Like I, I was interested in terms of like same thing. I wanted to sort of gel with what I believe is in line with what we do or how I see things as we do. Yep. Do things, but also challenge ideas or add different ideas to that bucket as well. Yep. Um, the other one was like, not be afraid to tell me I'm shit. Like, and that's a funny one, but like when you've got like a, a higher end athlete yep. who's been doing it for a long time and potentially coach, some coaches are afraid to be like, hey, we need to strip this right back. Yep. This isn't the best way to do this. Um, and I think some people are afraid to do that where that was really important that like they were happy to or to be like, look, this needs a lot of work. Yep. Let's pull this back. Let's get back to work on this. Let's make this better. Um, I think they were like the primary ones was like coaching style, um, the check-in thing and then like that last one as well. Yep. Um, I think they were like probably the three primary ones. Um, In terms of education, qualification? Qualifications don't matter to me. Experience. Experience, yeah, like clients. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I'd like someone with athletic experience. Yeah. Someone that's competed in the sport that I want to compete in. Yeah. They, they don't have to be Not big high Z. level. Yeah, they don't have to have been high, big Z, but I want someone who understands it. But I think probably almost more important to me was seeing that they've done good, great things with already great athletes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's one thing to have like a whole host of like pretty good athletes who have become intermediate or advanced. Yep. But then there's another thing to take advanced guys to another level yep. of advancement and not just like a one-off or twice-off. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is to be totally blunt, like we all get this, right? Like as coaches, sometimes someone lands in our coaching roster and it's great because you can build your business off these people. But they're good and they've got the potential to be great and they become great. Mm. We've all seen that or we've all had one or two of those people who's like, fuck yeah, they've signed up and they're going to be fantastic, right? But to have consistent results with great athletes becoming greater, I think is a more of a challenge. And it's good. Like that's what I would be looking for as well. Yeah, not just the one-off. Yeah, not like once or twice off genetic freak comes into your training stock and like, yeah, you nailed it. Like, well, he was going to be great. Regardless of who coached him, if yeah. he just did his own fucking thing, do you know what I mean? So that was in, that was an important thing for me too. Was like seeing consistent results with high level athletes as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the primary ones. That's most of it. There'd yeah. be small things like if either the coach or all their athletes are getting broken. 20 yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, their whole career it was just like break yep. after break after. Yeah. They didn't really sort of learn. To get yep. better from it or yep. didn't have better processes to get people back. Yes. Back in that back would just from be a red flag stuff. of like yeah. I don't really want to break. Yeah. I think or it's not intelligent. A lot of it came down to like what do I expect me to be giving my clients? Yep. I just want the same like I want the same support or like I don't expect much more than what we give. Yep. Because I think that we give quite a lot. In terms of like programming no matter what's going on in my life, like childbirth, gym renovations, like Tuesday, Fridays, I'm there to check in. Yeah. And like, it's like, I don't check in or like read the messages and stuff all week because 
like most people don't need their how like handheld the entire week but like when they're checking when the expectation is the check-ins there it's there so i think a lot of it just came down to like i'm expecting anything better than that it's great yep but like that would be my minimum standard is like I, if i'm paying for something i want the same value that i give to my clients for me yeah as a coach that should be the minimum standard yeah you should be able to get back to your clients <laughs> yeah when you say you do yeah right like when you say you're going to get back to them yeah. you get back to them so i think they were like the key things yeah. um i think if you're looking for a coach uh and there's a lot of great coaches uh out there especially in the sphere that we're in now once upon a time like online coaching like i don't think there was more than one or two for strongman when i started online coaching if like really yeah. many at all that were doing like online online coaching kind of thing in this country um probably not even like internationally no it wasn't heaps it wasn't it wasn't a big thing it was big in powerlifting and i had come from powerlifting so there was already a lot yep and that's what prompted me to start doing it for strongman is because like there was no one doing it and yep. i couldn't find a coach do you know what i mean like when i was looking i couldn't really yep. find a coach like i had to read all the ebooks and stuff like that to figure out how to write a program for myself yep. to do strongman. So, and there was in-person coaches, heaps, right? Like you could find in-person coaches, not heaps, but you could find them. Mm. Um, but in terms of actual programming and stuff like that and coaching, there wasn't much. And there's a lot of, there's a lot more to choose from now. And I think most are fantastic. I think really what it comes down to is, do you like, if you're just looking on Instagram and stuff like that and you're looking for a coach, do you like and find their content informative and if you don't know anything about programming it's probably not quite as important in terms of like do you agree with their philosophies but does it make sense yeah. does it make sense to you is and it how you want to train and is it how you want to train yeah right is it someone that you feel like that you respect and that you like like do you like watching their content do you like their personality do you think you would get along well with them from like a personality side of yeah. things um and then Pretty much like everything else we talked about. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like all, all those small things in terms of like just what are their check-ins or how are they checking in with you? Do they do what they say they're going to do when they do it? Yeah. Do they have a system and a structure yeah. in place that makes sense? And do, I, do you feel like that you're going to be supported as an athlete when you sign yeah. up with that person? Yeah. And you'll find out once you're with them anyway. Yeah. Like, do they listen? Yeah. Like if you're like, this doesn't work for me, this yeah. hurts, do they go, okay, let's change that? Yeah. Or do they just go... Bad luck. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Like, do they actually change is, and adapt? All the programs done. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of pros now that the pro scene, like everyone's getting older and starting yeah. to retire and stuff. There's a lot of pros that yeah, coach coaches. as well. Yeah. Um, which, depending on the person and how they present themselves and intelligently, yeah, I probably wouldn't ever pick a pro strongman because they are at the genetic freak level of like, I'm 95 kilos 100 mm. kilos you're 180 and you were just born ridiculously strong you got broken back in the 80s or the 90s yeah you worked your way up and now you're going to coach people it's like yeah do you even know what the rest of the sport does outside yeah. the pro scene yeah because most of them don't no i i definitely agree most of them if you were like oh who's going to win out of the 105s they'd be like honestly i don't know anyone no like yeah. they just and that's our window and that's fine yeah. right because we know yeah and but like I do agree or tend to agree that like there's a lot of great ex pro 
or pro coaches. coaches 100% but then there's a lot but and there's probably a lot that I look at and I'm just like your career was probably like in, a in any weight class probably in any weight class yeah like they've achieved something and not the best aren't always the best coaches yeah right like the best aren't always the best coaches because the best often were gifted yep. at what they did so they're like oh I just did this and got better yeah why aren't you getting better yeah yeah 100% so lots to think about in terms yeah. of like choosing a coach but um if you got any questions around who do we feel are really good coaches or um, what our lists were in terms of like when we were finding coaches and stuff like that, feel free to hit us up. Or if you have any question about like what you should be looking for, what the expectation is around coaching, feel free to shoot us a message and we can sort of tell you what we feel is yeah, like. Yeah, we could probably write out a short list. If yeah. somebody was like, hey, who would you recommend? It'd be like, well, probably this chunk. Yeah. I really respect and yeah. I like what they do. I like their athletes. I mean, so my, my short list in the end, I like whittled it down to if I said top three, Andrew Clayton, Shane German, Tom Hibbert. Mm. They were all my three. Um, all international coaches, uh, obviously. Um, yeah, and I, I felt like all three I felt would have been wonderful coaches or like yep. very good from like I, – I liked all three's approaches from a training philosophy standpoint. Yeah, All three ticked the training philosophy box. Um, it was just who else ticked all the other boxes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there anyone else that made it onto your list outside of it? Um, no, see, I'd worked with Terry a bit in the yeah, past. Terry, Terry, yeah, Terry, yeah. And sure. I like a lot of his approaches yep. and stuff like that, even outside of training, like yep. recovery methods, yeah. things like that. Um, but Tom Hibbert's always up there. Yeah, yeah. And that's just because he trains smart. But he was really strong. And yes. He's still strong now. But yep. back when he was doing the 90s and stuff, he's still got the 90s log record. Yeah. Like world record. Massive. Um, so there's him. There's, I can't remember who it was. There was, I think he was an under 80s in the States. Mm. Um, very on top of it, very smart, put out a lot of stuff. Was a lot more athletic based um, yep. in what he did. And he went into more like neural drive, neurosystem, yeah. like neurological stuff. Um, yep. I can't think of it. Which I find super interesting too. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't like just different like ideas. Lift heavy, get yeah. strong. Different ideas. Build muscle. Muscle yeah. is strong. It I mean, you look at the world's strongest man competitors over time, and you look at some of the competition, like training and stuff like that. A lot of them did a lot of athletic stuff over, like the real static strength stuff too. Just yep. depending, but the sports obviously evolved a lot too, so it's changed a little yep. bit um, compared to what it was. Well, people are trying to race to the end, and the yep. end is being strong. Mm. So people are. Not spending time yeah. getting fitter. Yeah. Or like not just blowing out and getting huge. Because you only need to be as fit as what you need to be for the strong yeah. man, right? You don't need to be ready to your primary focus is right? to be strong. Yeah. Um but people put all their focus on that and end up being really yeah. unathletic. Probably one thing that comes to mind just as we were talking was um proven track record over time having worked with many athletes. Yeah. When I'm talking about those three I'm just thinking like I had a few other recommendations, but they'd been coaches for a year or two um, and I don't feel like that the amount of people or volume that you've worked with and problem shooting different movements or events with that yep. many people is enough. Yep. Do you know what I mean? To really get the most out of people, like I would want to see working with 100, 200 clients yep. over time doing strongman and, and seeing different bodies move and fixing different yep. problems and that's really important too. Good thing is the sport's really small. And unfortunately, the sport has plenty of gossip and yeah. politics in it. And if you follow enough people in enough countries, eventually you hear if there's a coach that 
doesn't treat people well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like the good ones one, always was, come up. There was up to one the in the states too. where somebody was like, "No, nah, I left him. He was shit towards me. Said I wouldn't be able to get anywhere yep. if I didn't take this, this, and this." Yeah. And he just rams all the other gear, uh, all the other women with gear. Yeah, sure. And that was like multiple people had like posted yeah, about yeah. that person, and I'm like, okay, he's got strong people on his team, but a yep. whole bunch of different people have just said this is his approach, and not yeah. many people like him. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is on the positive light of that is that the good coaches do tend to rise to the top in terms of notoriety or like popularity. You mentioned their name and everyone just goes, yes. Yeah, 100%. Not a bad thing yeah, to say. 100%. Does great things. Yeah. Um, strong man from when we started to today. Yeah, Speaking so I was looking at... Back um, in the day things. Did you watch any of the Team USA and Team UK? I have oh. not. I just asked because it's a way to introduce it. I know you haven't. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> Watches zero strong men. I watch it. I've actually watched it from the nineties. Yeah, nineties. Yeah, when like strong men were strong yeah, men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like current strong men, eh, not so much. Well, the Rocks Road Invitation, which is really good, but I definitely enjoy watching the OG strong man. Like Sunday morning, sit on the couch. Show Colt what's up uh, and like where where it all came from, you know. If they're not tying their shirt up like this, oh, it's with so duct tape, good, or like cutting the singlets it. into yeah. stringers and stuff, oh, the best. If there's not tape around the collar, you don't want to see it. Make strong man great again. Just all I'm saying. <laughs> Give me a crank. Uh, Give me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the team comp for Giants Live. Yeah. So it's the first time I'm pretty sure that it had the women in it. Yeah. As well as a combination yeah, yeah, of yeah, it. combo. Um. And honestly, just made the show so much better. Yeah, cool. Nothing against the men. They're yep. just sort of like the same normal faces. They're yep. not so charismatic. Yeah. They're not so emotional highs and lows yep. and everything. And like the women did great. Still sold the show. The farmers were like 100 kilos per hand for like 20 up, 20 back. Yep. And they did a whole round of that. All the guys did 150 or something. Yeah. 100 kilo log for reps. Yeah. Um, one of the women, Gabby, in the States, they did the same Hercules hold. Yeah. Same weight. Yeah. And she beat like four or five of the guys. <laughs> I've seen her. Yeah, like a minute five. She's got, she's Dinny Stones and stuff like that too, right? She might have. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beat half the guys on yeah, it. Yeah. Love it. Um, so like that would be strongman from when we started now to then. Yeah. Like, watching the women like back when we oh. started alana in queensland yeah um she had the world record stone yeah of 141 kilos yes now that just seems standard oh yeah like that was huge back then massive and yeah, now the that's just standard the strength i think just log is keeps like coming 130 up. yeah or something i like think that. the the biggest thing from strongman let's say when we started to now is the depth of the standard. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Arnold's, we're talking about that Arnold's, oh, maybe the year before there was other weight classes. Mm. There was one person in the heavyweight here, 300 kilo deadlift. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. One or two, maybe. Um, that was all Australians, wasn't it? There was a couple internationals. Yeah, maybe a couple. Inter oh, yeah, there was like, a, no, there was a, yeah, there was a pro show. Um, and then there was the heavyweights. I think. Yeah, it was the heavyweight amateurs as yeah, well. Yeah, it was heavyweight amateurs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like 300-ish tops. And then the 105 guys were like 320, 340. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that was only a couple. Then everyone else was like that 280 kind of mark. And now you go to competitions 
and everyone's above like that everyone's pulling 300 and 105s you know what i mean like yep. there's the standard and i'll use 105 because it's the easiest but the standard across men and females um across the board over the last like eight years yep has come up so so far where the expectation for new athletes wanting to get to the top yep. is so much higher do you know what i mean like and we had that but we've had the eight-year run yeah, you know what I mean. Like we've had that eight years of strongman to be there now. With no expectations. Before no expectations us. before us. You know what I mean. Now yeah. new people jump in. It's like, well, these are the comps I want to do. This is the I want to be at the best level. And it's like, well, yeah, I understand. Yeah, like we didn't start there. Yeah, <laughs> but now you got to kind of get running, jump in, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like the big thing over the last eight years in Australia, anyway. Is like the standards just yeah crazy, crazy. Well, I think that first year that I did it. Um, the deadlift was 250 for reps yeah. on a power bar. Yeah. And I think I did two reps. Yeah. Right. Big difference. I probably did reasonably. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not my look at that. No, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> Wasn't bad, but then there was um, Dave Palmer. Did yeah, Dave Palmer had a really good deadlift, yeah. Him and Jake Taylor both got yeah. about 10. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I'm never going to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, that's messed up. Yeah. And then now I'm like, oh, I could do a lot more than that. Yeah. But then there's other guys who would too. Yeah, I think the yoke was 300 and that like was so hard for me to move. And it was the first time I'd ever picked 300 off the ground. Yeah. Um, So the standard's grown heaps. The, and that's the thing, like I don't think people realize that through all those Arnold's, there was never a 73s for the women. Yeah, true. It was 64s or it was 63s for a while. Yeah. And it was 82s and it was opens. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So when you look Big at all those difference. years where people compete, yeah, all those girls having to cut in. into the 63, 64s. Yeah. yeah. But it made it so much deeper. Yeah. Oh, dude, that weight class was tough because yeah. all girls did 63, 64s, right? Yeah. Like, because, I mean, obviously there were still A2s and the heavies, but like all those lighter girls who would sit around 70s and stuff like that would cut. Yep. And it was like, there was fierce competitors in that weight class. It was huge. Yep. Huge class. Yeah, so the depth was there, but then looking at the standard now, yeah, the standards improved. A yeah, lot because overall. you've got those. Yeah, yeah. so classes. I think we have far more stronger people now because mm. the standards improved. Yeah, but we don't have as much of the depth. Yeah, as what we had in some of those years. But then also you look at the depth. It's like, well, it was deep because the standard was attainable for more True. as well. Potentially, True. It could right? have been. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like we do have the depth there now. At a certain level. At the certain level. Yeah. If we pulled it all right back, well then, yeah, like we would still have 15, 20 competitors that would be able to all achieve that. But because the standards come up so high and we keep trying to push or people keep saying like, well, strong man's got to be fucking heavy. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. But like... <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, it's strong man. But yeah. like we keep pushing the standard up and those top guys keep pushing the standard up. Well then, yeah, like it's just it's heavier so there's no depth up in that top end so there's guys you got like the guys in the 90s pulling 10 reps and stuff like that and then guys in the middle pulling like two or three yep. but it was still achievable yep. and 250 like if we had 250 deadlift now in the 90s well the imagine like you'd have plenty of people in there being able yep. to pull those reps do you know what i mean like the standard in the middle is still higher yeah but the comps get more unattainable too yeah i think our overhead medley was it was the axle log axle log mm. medley yeah and i think it was 100 that was 90 100 110 120 yeah 
and it was only me and Rob Ward that got the 120 yeah. log. So imagine, Most if, of them only imagine if we had an Arnold, the top comp of the year now, and, and that was the comps. We'd have plenty of depth. Yeah. And the top guys would smoke it, but there'd be plenty of people at that competition. Yeah. So like I, I think the depth there, I think it's just the standards lifted at those top-end competitions where it's not attainable for the rest of the depth there, um, which is interesting to like an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, some people have progressed quick and then other people just not enough. Yeah. Or they've dropped out, new people have yeah, come in. Yeah, dropped out and new people come in. And it takes some time to get up to the stand that we had. We had the eight-year run yep. of doing it. So, yeah, I mean, strongman when we started. The other thing is strongman back in the day. <laughs> strongman back when we started like eight years ago. The competitions outside of the big competitions did not have the equipment that we had now. No. Did not have the venues that we had now. Right? Yeah. Like the competitions where any gym with any log and any fucking shitty yoke and any <laughs> dusty stone sitting under there, you know, and it was probably more standardized because gyms had less comp, like less equipment too. Most gyms had a yep. farmer's, a yoke, a log, stones, yep. right? Like that's what we did. So it was always variables of those kind of like five or six or an axle, right? Yep. So it was always variables of the equipment that we had achieved, like achievable and able to find. No one made strongman equipment. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There was very few, like Scott used to, um, but like you precision made logs and precision, yeah, like you'd have Queensland. to, but you would have to hunt, yeah, for equipment. So you'd buy stone molds, or you buy stone, and molds. then waste a lot of concrete figuring out trying how to make that stones. Works. Yeah, um, but so you would hunt. So the events and the competitions that you would use, and talking about adaptability, when we came through as well, it was like every competition was on shitty yokes, great yokes, great. Sh- I was a 10 inch log. Cool. We use a 12 yep. inch log. Cool. We use an eight inch log for this competition. And it's super fucking long. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yep. always different. The stones were always different. The event stuff was always different. Like stones were slippery. The stones were great. Yeah. So there was like a lot of adaptability because it was always in backyard gyms and mm. car parks and all that sort of stuff. Where yep. now all the competition stuff's like, oh, we're using a standard submit yoke. Are we using a standard submit? Like uh, log, like it's very standard, like it's very standardized, which kind of robs the adaptability, I guess, yep. from people coming into the sport or going up to those high levels because they have an expectation of like what equipment we're using too. Yeah. What do you think the longest comp you've done is? Like the one that's just taken the longest to get done. Um, Speaking of comps back in the day. Yeah. Capo Nationals in Queensland. Powerlifting. No shit. Three lifts. Three lifts. With what, like a three? Four Luke hour Shakespeare break? always sends, always shares like memories from this competition. Yeah, my last deadlift was like eleven thirty p.m. <laughs> when did you start? Nine oh, a.m. Like probably like fucking one o'clock or like eleven o'clock in the morning. Oh, I started late. Yeah. Oh, I suppose by the time your flight's out, started late. Yeah. So yeah. it was like probably started like eleven or one o'clock and was like yeah. to eleven thirty p.m. Serious. Um, you technically almost didn't squat and deadlift in the same day. No, almost. And <laughs> yeah. then the other one would be um, maybe Ballarat strongest when they they ran like the six lifts or something like that. Or like, and there was oh, yeah. there was all max outs. It was like yep. a clean and press, but you couldn't like continental. Like yep. a max deadlift. Then it was it was like uh, clean and jerk. Yeah, so it was like yeah, like a bench press. It was all maxes kind of thing. And yep. that was a um, truck at the end. That was quite a long day. Yeah. Yeah. They're always fun comps. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And then Obliterate got posted for yeah. June. Yeah, eight maxes. I had someone message eight max me. Out one Nick day. Reynolds, I think he messaged, probably messaged you too. He's like, 
Reckon you'll be in shape for this. Would love to see you and Lee. And like, nah, like imagine the numbers uh, and I stuff. Didn't, I didn't get a message. Uh, well, he told me to get you into it. He mentioned you. He talked. <laughs> he, he said you to me. You know, yeah. I'll show you the messages. I'll prove it. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. That's a long day. Right. Longest very comp. Very big day. Your longest comp. Uh, probably the Australia's most powerful one. Oh yeah, that Phil ran in yep. Gosford. It wasn't Gosford. It was Umanar or wherever, yeah, yeah. wherever it's called near the beach. Yep. Um, started at eight a.m down by the surf club, down by the beach with like a cool backdrop. Yeah. Absolutely stormed and poured rain. Sick. Stood under the cover where there's just like an open area near the beach and he's like, okay, we'll move it all into under here. It'll be fine. And then eventually the water just like (laughs) flooded through there. Um, So he rang up. It was Eddie Williams, the gym that he trained at, Impact, I think. Um, That was like an hour and a half away. And they were like, yeah, we'll run the comp there. So he's like, okay, we'll do the truck pull because we had a fire truck to pull. Yeah. We'll do the truck pull first out in the pouring rain. So I've got a video of me trying to pull something in the <laughs> car park, like bucketing, standing there with umbrellas. You're up, okay. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, we'll get back to the gym and we'll start event two at like 12.30. Yeah. yeah, okay. So we like went home. An hour and a half drive in between. Went home, had a shower, <laughs> ate food. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm competing. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of done now. <laughs> I think I finished stones that day at like seven yeah seven thirty yeah that was a two-day comp oh that was only half the weight classes yeah yeah that's, that's how long it took <laughs> and then the next day uh 105's heavies and the women ran through yeah or some of the women's classes ran through and it was a bit of a quicker day yeah yeah but yeah our day like oh. it got to seven thirty. Yeah, moved on stones it's a long day most people zeroed yeah they were just done yeah over it yeah yeah i loved it it was stones Great. I'm up for stones at any <laughs> point of the day. <laughs> um, yeah. Natty or not, Liver King. Natty? <laughs> Natty. It, it came out. Oh, did I miss something? Yeah, you miss everything. <laughs> yeah, nah. but, uh, in light of um, Josh decided that he wanted to play some Natty or not today. And yeah. uh, we don't know who he's going to throw at us, but um, obviously. God, hopefully no one I know. <laughs> Bro, if anyone if anyone was like shocked by Liver King being not yeah. natty. Hey. Oh yeah. Sorry, Josh came into the office today and I'm like, how are you, mate? And he's like, fucking terrible. My whole world's been shook. I haven't been eating. I don't know what to do with my diet anymore. Like, how am I gonna live my life? And now I can't follow the ancestral tenants because I found out Liver King's broken. I, I just couldn't finish my bull testicle yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say when you walked in? I think you said that he's gonna I've gotta throw out my all my bull testicles. Yeah. Damn it. I'll never go in the sun uh, again. Yeah. But it was working, bro. You look so close to Liver King too. Like you got the tan happening, like yeah. I just didn't have the twelve grand of gear on mum. Yeah, that, that's what was missing. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I think shocks, not shocks me, but like is more of a slap in the face What was in some of the emails he was talking about having like intra-workout carbs and like carbs and other different food sources. Yeah. And it's like, it's in your name that you just eat oh, these like, products. Yeah, 100%. And you don't yeah. eat processed stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that and I was like, oh, the gear doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on, at least but, eat your meat. But at least, but at least only eat meat, right? Yeah. Like, what? Intra-workout carbs from a shake, what? Yeah, he didn't lie. He's yeah. liver king. He's not liver natty king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at least you liver only, you know? Yeah. So that was the shocking uh, part. Yeah, funny. That and if you look at the actual emails and he says the amounts and stuff that he took, yeah. um, 
absurdly high amounts of peptides and growth hormone. Yeah. Spent like 13 grand a month on growth hormone. Yeah. Apparently it was like 10, 13 IU a day. A lot. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. <laughs> and, then, and then the cycle and everything and the actual like test and steroids and stuff. Yeah. Absurdly low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absurdly low. Yeah. So it's just like, how do you still look like that? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, saw that and World. just spent a lot of money. Yeah. Amazing though. Had in it in one year, I want to get a million followers. That's my goal. And this is my plan to get there. And then in like 10 months, had a million followers. Yeah. I mean, works hard. Yeah. Whatever he did at work. Yeah. Fucking oath. I mean, most of us would have be, most of us, if we try, would not be able to create a million followers yep. in 12 months. Mm. Or be able to throw 13 grand a month. I don't know where you got that money from. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's wild. Um, if you just eat bull's testicles and liver. Apparently money yeah. comes out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your grocery bill might be cheap. Uh, fire uh, away, Joshy. What do we have pictures Alrighty. of? Yeah, there's just about, I think there's about 15 or so. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll just Quick fire. Through. First one's probably obvious, but Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> not Natty. Oh, he's Samoan though. Did, yeah, but it wasn't it known that he got like gynecomastia take, taken out of his nipples? But I don't know, not Natty. Is that Serena? Serena. I say Natty. Yeah, I'd say Natty. I mean, she's a lot more solid than her sister, but always yeah. does. But uh, yeah, I would say Natty. Yeah. I reckon Serena Williams is this one. What I want Yance on the rock, on the rock. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it's Natty. What? I'll take a guess. Really? Yeah. Why not? You reckon Natty? Yeah, all right. <laughs> what, oh. do we, what do we count as Natty and not Natty though? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Takes creatine. Yeah, are we talking about Psalms, peptides. So you reckon everything else potentially like peptides and stuff like EPO, that? You know? clan, uh, fat burners, yeah, uh, well, anything that WADA would consider not legal. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's lot. a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Anyone that takes pre-work, pre-work yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Natty Serena Williams. Chris, is that who is it? Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Is he claimed to be Natty? Is he Natty Olympia? Nah, no, not Natty. He wouldn't be Natty. IFBB. Yes. Uh, what's what's his name? C bump, isn't it? C bump. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, not Natty. No way. Goggins. Oh, Natty for sure. Yeah. Goggins, David Goggins. That's Connor. He has been looking bigger lately. Yeah, hard one to say. I don't know. Yeah. Is he still fighting and stuff? MMA's Not got a big moment. MMA's got a big track record of yep. it. Um John Jones. Yeah. Got busted with uh wasn't even steroids, it was something else. Yeah. I've come some sort of wreck drug. Yeah. I can't think of it. I I would say I don't even think like I would say maybe Natty, but definitely has. I'll say he's not because he's got the personality that he will do yeah, anything true. and everything yeah, to get whatever he wants. I'd say he dabbles. Well, he's not in the testing pool at the moment. Yeah. Oh, so. definitely not. Any. Yeah. Why, yeah. You go, why would you go to the testing pool, bro? That's what, that's what athletes do. Oh, I'm taking myself out of the testing pool for 12 months. Oh, I'm back in the testing pool. <laughs> How much of the testing pool really? Yeah. And so I know you like people though yeah. too. UFC wants to make money, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Momoa. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Aquaman. No. Aquaman wouldn't. 
Aquaman's too good. Is it just CGI, you know? I would say Natty. He's yeah, too wholesome. Yeah, I'd say Natty. Yeah. He I, tends I reckon, to have a bit of a dad bod. Uh, yeah, he's, I, he's usually got the dad bod, but then, like, does he... Is that, like, rebound takes it for the movies and stuff like that? I don't know. I'm going to say Natty because he's a wholesome kind he's of guy. He's surprisingly a big guy. Yeah, he's big. I didn't think he was a Another big guy, and then you see dude. photos no, with other celebrities, guy. and he's huge. He's a big guy. Yeah. I'm going to say Natty. Hemsworth? I don't reckon... I reckon someone's got to be giving him something just yeah. because of like the dramatic changes. The dramatic changes. Like you see him look fucking huge and jacked and then you'll see him just look like good and jacked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's like pretty boy jacked and then he's fucking jacked. <laughs> and I reckon like someone's slipping something into his Milo for sure. <laughs> every, time During, he get, every time he gets jacked, he has to release a statement about the rigorous training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to eat. It was so hard. Yeah. When he's thick. Train, training five hours like, a day. When he's thick, thick boy. Yeah. Yeah. Was well, the, the chicken and broccoli diet, isn't it? He's on? Yeah. yeah. When he, if he gets his chicken from the right place. <laughs> just the way that he talks about everything in the training, it's just like, I don't know if that's true. So yeah. like, what yeah, else yeah. is not true? Yeah. That's Brad. Brad Pitt? He'd be natty. I reckon natty, yeah. 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 It was too long ago. Yeah. He's like, he's like fit. Mm. Brad Pitt's like fit boy. Like, that's the person, I mean, like, everyone growing up and watching Fight Club, you're like, yeah. And I you see him in photos and stuff like, like that, that, it's one thing. But if you see him in videos, like walking around and stuff like that, like in his movies, and he's like fit, he just looks fit. Like, mm. he just looks like shredded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt's a god. So he was gifted. Yeah. So, mm. like, I feel like you could definitely look like that if you, God gave. God, you everything. God, God gave you everything yeah. in the world to work with. Who was the next one? Shaq. LeBron. No. Shows how much I know basketball from a distance. Yeah, I don't know. He looks Jack there, but I don't know LeBron. Um, I'd say Natty. Like, was he the one that they had videos of him squatting and stuff in the gym that yeah, he posted up? Yeah, and yeah. people thrashed him for it? Yeah. Looks Maybe Natty I'm, there. The one thing that I'd like say. Squats yeah, testosterone. I would say Natty, but maybe on T replacement. Yep. They get allowances in the um, what the fuck do you call it? NBA, NBA, NBA. yeah, that one. <laughs> it's a hard acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Strongman's two syllables, two letters, yeah, you know, and three is too far. Um, they get uh, allowances for T replacement if it's doctor prescribed to a certain level, uh, in the NBA. Yeah, uh, I was reading something about it due to the dramatic decrease in. Uh, testosterone production through athletes tracked throughout the season because they play so much and right. travel so much. They see a huge decrease in testosterone productional markers. So they actually have like, um, they will allow like testosterone replacement therapy because uh, it will avoid injury and keep performance mm. and stuff like that. Interesting. So we could almost pick this based on the sport. Yeah. If the sport is that big with that much money. Yeah. There's probably. There's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or probably something. Something. Oh, I think he got pipped, didn't he? Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Fucking gone. Look at that guy. Yeah. Fuck. Um, what was I going to say? I was talking to... Wrestling's been savage for uh, wrestlers dying. Well, this is what I want to go back to conditions. because Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Lee Natty, he was in WWE, bro. Like, fucking show uh, me a WWE wrestler who's never done it. That's how the they get is, their fucking He wasn't jobs. even that big or lean back then <laughs> compared to yeah. now. Maybe he was a good mama's boy. I'm, I'm saying he's natty because of his legs. 
Have you been to Dermot lately? <laughs> Fair. Uh, lack of legs yeah, and lack yeah, of acne. Yeah. Lack of acne. Yeah, maybe. He's got that chocolate skin. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar, definitely not natty. He's a fucking monster though. Also just would have been a walking fridge either way. Joe Biden, not natty. <laughs> not, not natty? Yeah, not natty. Joe Biden, definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> What's Usain? Usain or oh, sprinting fuck. That's the thing. There's a lot of different drugs that are banned mm. that benefit track and yeah. field, that benefit being leaner, that benefit fitness. Even like, not for a sprinter, but like blood doping and things like that. Mm. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that in prime, in majority of high-end elite sports, there's something going on. Yeah. You got mm. athletes with a mentality that want to be the best no matter what, uh, and you talk about um, like Chris Dank or whatever from the AFL and stuff like that. Uh, what was the guy, the the Essendon dude, Stephen right? Dank? Stephen Dank, right? He said that his job was uh, primarily to figure out how to get around the testing. That yeah, was his job, yeah, yeah. right? Was figuring out how to get around testing and stuff like that. If you don't think that at that level athletes are going to be tempted or want to take stuff and have the means to be able to do so without getting around testing, I think was mm. all super naive. Um, there was a, a principle. It was called like Goldman's principle or something like that. And it was a professor, whatever his name was, it was the principal. He took, I think it was a hundred or less than a hundred Olympic athletes and gave them the question of like, if I gave you something that would oh, give you, would you a die. gold medal in five years, but then you would die like at 50. Would you do it? Yes. And there was a large, large percentage that were just like, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. straight up. He's like, he's like, it doesn't matter what it is. He's like, you won't get caught, but you're going to die at 50. Would those you numbers it? aren't 100% correct, but that, the, the idea is there. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. The percentage was still quite They would high. rather die. They would, they would die early. To if get they could get a gold, gold medal. Mm. I guess they've put everything into it in their life up to that point. Everything, like, bro. Yep. Yeah. Like, everything. Of course they're going to go to that length. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. We've got Elon. <laughs> Old Elon. <laughs> he's taking nootropics, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely on the nootropics. <laughs> Maybe Alpha Brain. I reckon Joe Rogan's slipping in some Alpha Brain His under the day. A bit natty. of a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His brain's not natty. <laughs> yeah. Definitely brain's not natty. Broad chair, something to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send him over. You know what, Elon? Hit me up. I'll coach you. We'll get you, we'll get you looking as fit as what your head is. <laughs> and last but not least, Dwayne Shaw. Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that just in that two seconds? <laughs> you know what? When he lodges his timesheet this week, I'm going to know where it all went to. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it took me like two hours to fucking Photoshop his head onto yeah. the Um Not uh, Natty, I don't reckon. Look at that blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Get a good flex on you that. Can't, yeah. You can't have that body. I reckon, be you got better, I reckon you got better traps. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Probably better calves. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, probably and better glutes. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got better glutes. I'll take that. Oh, uh, you heard it here on. <laughs> you heard it here first on the strongman say. So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in for another episode. We'll see you next time. Wait.